Lord, we just come before you. We pray for this country and the, the world, Lord, that your light shine upon it, that you reveal what needs to be revealed, Father. And tonight, reveal to us, Lord, what needs to be done, what needs to be removed, because you are awesome and, and you have great things in store for us. So, Lord, just write on our hearts. Take my words and throw them out and plant yours in their hearts, Lord. All glory and honor to you this evening in Jesus' name. Amen. So, I have, like I always do, take my time in, in prepping a sermon and, and seeking the Lord and trying to just figure out what He wants. You know, so there were a couple different things that I just, I just felt a leading from the Lord on. Uh, one of them I wanted to talk about was, Lord, I'm submit versus surrender, right? In in the the in the respects to sin, right? Like so, when I fall or struggles that I have, what what is the verbiage of the, that the Lord uses? Um, in reference to giving him sin. And the fact is, I didn't find anything. You know, there wasn't much, there wasn't much in the way of surrendering sins. It was very much about submitting, submitting. And so submitting has a sense of onus to it, right? Surrender is I'm giving it up completely. Submitting means you have, there's an onus to it. You have responsibility to care for it as much as, the person you're giving it to. That's my spiel on submitting versus surrender because that's all I had. <laughs> so then I was like, well, Lord, I feel like I need to talk about, about sin, you know, and, and struggles. And, and so I was just, I just, I'm always so thankful for the time we have together. And so I was talking about, I was just replaying kind of what happened the, these last you know, these last few weeks after we've shut off, off the mics and everything and, and what the Lord's done in, in, in here. And, and I was like, Lord, there's a lot of baggage and weight that we've carried. You know, and I, and I said, I said, how do I get rid of that? How do I get rid of that? You know, how long have you walked with the Lord? How long have you walked with the Lord? How long have we all walked with the Lord? Yet somehow, some way, the Lord finds that burden that you've been carrying and struggling with, and He releases us from it. And so I said, Lord, what am I carrying? What struggle am I carrying? How do I get rid of it? How do I, how do I dig that up and, and get rid of it? And the words I heard, and, and, I, and I just had, I had to weep because he said, come as you are. Those are the words that I heard, is come as you are. And I wept because I knew that I had done wrong. I don't believe I've preached wrong, but in my heart, I had said, Lord, what steps do I need to take to purify myself, to get rid of these, to dig these up? And the fact is that I was replacing what God had told me, which was, come as you are. And it referenced, and He showed me just how it doesn't just mean the new Christians, right? It's not just for the sinners out there, right? Because we all still carry these burdens. I mean, for those of you that are parents, let's talk about burdens and talk about how, how much, how frustrated we get that we get too angry too fast. We don't spend enough time. There is so much weight I have thrown on myself as a father 
that I don't need to carry. You know, this, this burden and stuff. And so I'm like, all right, Lord, well, let's look. Let's look at it. And, and, and so he gave me a bunch of verses that, that we're going to go through. But it was really interesting. He had me go to Genesis 3. Genesis 3, 1 through 13. And this is what I found interesting. Because my, 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 my struggle was, Okay, Lord, I know you. And I carry weight. And I carry struggles. Show me, show me what that looks like. And so we're all very familiar with the story and this passage, you know, and I, I feel like I could recite it to you, but the fact is, is this is what he revealed to me. 3 through 13, he said, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will, sure, you will not surely die, <clears throat> for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of the both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord, walking, Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? So he said, I hear your voice in the garden. And I, was I heard your voice in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked and, hid and I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? Then the man said, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I ate. And the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. And so I said, Lord, what? Why this passage? And in referencing to coming as you are, right? What does this mean? Well, understand that, the that, that at this moment in time, right, sin is just introduced into the world. So I have to believe that the Adam and Eve have been walking with God in the Garden of Eden and spending time with Him for years. You know, it wasn't like they were just born yesterday. And, th and then they, they sinned. I am sure the Lord ensured they had plenty of time with him and understood. So there's the similarities, right, for us. We have walked, some of us, I have walked with the Lord sometime in, in just name only, sometimes in truth. But this is what, and so I say, Lord, you know, what? What would stop me, what would stop somebody from coming as they are to you? And obviously it's sin. But it's, it's there's, there's four things that he highlighted in this passage that are the strongest things that keep us from coming as they are. Verse 6, disobedience. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Disobedience. Pure and simple. 
we are disobeying the direct word of God. Verse 8, shame. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. They hid from him. Verse 10, fear. So he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And then another top four is, is blaming, not accepting responsibility for our part in our sin. 12 and 13. Then the man said, not, I ate it. It's my fault, I chose. He said, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I ate. So be mad at her. Then the woman says, the serpent deceived me and I ate. And so, it's, it's these four things. And so they then carry this. These, they carry sin. They carry these four traits of sin for the rest of their lives. And I will tell you, there are things that I have done that for shame, for fear of shame, for, for blaming others and not accepting responsibility, I have carried the weight and chosen to carry the weight. For years. Until I confessed it. And so these passages that are, we're going to look at. Alright, I'm going to list all these. So if you're writing them down. I'm going to give you all these references, and then we'll go through them. Psalm 38, 4 through 6. Isaiah 1, 18. Matthew 11, 28. John 6, 37. Hebrews 12, 1. James 4, 1 through 5, 1 Peter 4, 3 through 4, and Revelation 22, 17. So these struggles that we have, that, that the Lord says, come as you are, well, in all these verses, this is exactly what he means when he says, come as you are. Go to Psalm 38. Thirty-eight, four through six. We'll start in verse three. There is no soundness in my flesh because of your anger, nor any health in my bones because of my sin. For my iniquities have gone over my head like a heavy burden. They are too heavy for me. My wounds are foul and festering because of my foolishness. So the burdens we come and take before the Lord are self-inflicted. They are self-inflicted wounds. My iniquities have gone over my head. Like a heavy burden, they are too heavy for me. My wounds are foul and festering because of my foolishness. Understand you have a choice in every matter. God promises that in a sinful situation, in a, when you are struggling, He offers you an escape. Are you looking for it? It's nobody else's fault that you sin but yours. Isaiah 1. 
Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet. I'm going to jump around on purpose because I will actually read these verses again. Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet. Though they are red like crimson. If you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured by the sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. You come as a sinner. We come before the Lord as a sinner. Christ is my righteousness, and He was my substitute, but I do not yet have a new body. So I'm going to keep struggling. But my God is not going to desert me. He's not going to leave me. And He wants me still. Sins like scarlet. Red like crimson. Come as you are. Matthew eleven twenty eight. This is Jesus saying, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. We're intimately familiar with this. And I'm sure that when I said, Come as you are, this is exactly the verse that everybody was like, Oh, I know that one. We come to him. Not just in the beginning, but as Christians, we come before him weary and burdened. This world is not Eden. This world sucks. And it's going to hell in a handbasket pretty quickly. Does that not burden you with and weary you of hearing the bad, hearing and seeing everything, neighbors angry, friends angry, the world burning around you. Does that not weary you? Does that not burden you? But not only that, when you come before the Lord, you bring these burdens from your past life. The Lord erases your sin, but there are things around you, things in your life that you hold on to or that you have buried so deep because they've hurt you, because you've been scarred, whatever the reason, because you're ashamed and afraid that they'd come out. That is an unknown burden that you have been carrying. And what does he say? Come as you are. John 6, 37. I just want it to be known there's only like 16 references here. That's a pretty light night for me. So, you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) All... 6 verse 37 all that the father gives me will come to me and the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out so who is coming the rejected those wanting to belong you want to belong come home come as you are because you will not be rejected you will be loved and accepted Hebrews 12, 1. 
Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us. And I went, ah! I know what those are. I know that weight. And going back to the submit versus surrender, right? I got to submit it to him. But I have onus. The onus is on me to not do it again. To confess my sin. And to stop carrying that stupid, stupid weight. And what's funny is that some of these things, we've walked with God for so long. And we've prayed so, so many times. Lord, take this away from me. Lord, I don't want this. And then we, then we justify our struggle, right, with Paul's. Well, he, he said, I am enough. That was Paul's instance. So why not? Ask and ask and ask and ask and ask and ask. Just like Paul said he did. Until the Lord says, dude, enough. I am enough. Why settle? Because I've seen healings. And I have seen the Lord remove weights off of people. I have seen him take boulders off of the back of people and then able to feel the weight lifted off, feel the healing and the blood rushing back because they don't have to carry it. And you know what most of the time that weight is? It's forgiveness. It's extending forgiveness to yourself to somebody else. It's a weight, guys. But His promise says, come as you are. James 4. Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? You lust and you do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss. That you receive because... Sorry. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your own pleasures. Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously? You have lusts, come as you are. Murderer, come as you are. Coveter, come as you are. First Peter 4, 3 through 4. For we have spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles when we walked in lewdness, lusts, drunkenness, revelries, drinking parties, and abominable idolatries. In regards to these things, they think it strange that you do not run with them in the same flood of dissipation, speaking evil of you. You lewd, you're a drunk, partier, 
idolater. Come as you are. Come as you are. Do you understand, and I'm sure if you are actually being introspective to yourself, you understand that at some point in your Christian walk you have experienced every single one of these. We have all struggled with something. And his answer that says, come as you are, is not just for those that aren't his yet. It's for us. It's for us. There is no time, guys. No time. And this is what he was telling me. There is no time I will not accept you. There is no time that I will turn away from you. Stop hiding in the trees. Your sins are already naked before me. Come as you are. There is nothing I can do, nowhere I can go, that the Lord can't find me. There is no sin that I can disguise that He won't find it. And yet He knows my deepest, nastiest secrets, the things that I have said to people, the hateful things that I've spoken over people that I can't even remember. He knows and He says, come as you are. Revelation 22. 17. And the Spirit and the Bride say, Come. And let him who hears say, Come. And let him who thirsts come. As a Christian, you should be thirsting for Him. But if you're like me, if you sin, if you stumble, if you hate, there you come and you have a fault and it drives me away from my time with the Lord. And it stops me. Hours, days, a week. But He says, come as you are. And so I can't help but be drawn to him because I am thirsty. I know who he is. I know what he has rescued me from. I was a sinner saved by grace. I didn't deserve it. And he called me and he said, come as you are. He told me to come as I am. I had no right to be saved and delivered the way that I have been. And he said, come as you are. Do you know that love? Because it drives me to tears every time. When he says, come as you are, I know that I can come to him and not have to hide the shit that I have been in, the hate that I have held in my heart. There is nothing stopping me from coming to Him. I get to come as I am because I'm never going to be perfect this side of eternity. I'm no better than anybody else. But he still says, Tyler, come as you are. And in Revelation 22, 17, he says, whoever desires, let him take the water freely. There is no limit. Take it freely. Verse 
take it in abundance. But Tyler, come as you are. Let's go back. We're going to work our way back. Because I skipped verses, but I wanted to share with everybody. James 4. Six through eight, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. He replaces everything with grace and more grace, and he gives it freely. John 6, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. In my life, I have seen my God move in powerful ways. And I will tell you that I have never hungered and I have never thirsted in a physical requirement. But when I go to him and I spiritually hunger and thirst, I am satisfied. But it's a hunger and thirst that can't be quenched, and yet continually it is satisfied. What, it doesn't even have to be the physical. It can be I hunger and thirst for love, for acceptance. And I will tell you that I have met Jesus and I have never hungered and never thirsted for any of that. I have seen deep, dark nights when I've wanted to kill myself, when I wouldn't be too sad if somebody came after me and shot me. And I came to him in those broken moments and I thirsted for love. I thirsted for security. I thirsted for acceptance. And I got it! More than I could ask for. More than I asked for. More than I deserved. And I got it. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. Who hasn't labored for something? Not just work. Who hasn't labored to be a friend, to have a friend, to be loved, to be accepted, to fit in? Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. When I accepted him, when I came before him, and I humbled myself knowing what I needed, I received rest from caring about what the world says I am what my family says I am, what so-called friends said I am, because it didn't matter.
what he said mattered. And so he gave me rest from striving for those things. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When he said, come as you are, this comes into a new light. I don't have to bear the weight of my sins that I've walked through, the weight of the sins that I've carried, the struggles that I've carried. I don't have to carry them anymore. I'm not just forgiven for them. I don't have to carry them anymore. It's a hard concept for me to grasp because I'm, I can be prideful. I, can, I want to prove I'm strong. I want to prove I'm right. <laughs> And the only thing that shows is that I am wrong. Because when I replace it and have replaced it with what the Lord has given me, I find myself going, you're stupid. Why did you carry it for this long? And the Lord says, when you're stupid, come as you are. <laughs> and unfortunately, he says that to me very frequently. Isaiah 118 again. Come now and let us rest together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. So if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. So he calls me to humble myself. He calls me to submit to him. He calls me to come as I am. And so when I do that, all these promises are mine. All these weights are not mine. And the character, the character of the one who calls me, you know, because it's, it's important to know who's saying, come as you are. Because I've, I've had friends say, come as you are, just to embarrass me, just to humiliate me. I've had friends and family Tell me to come as I am just so they can brag or give a warning against. So it's important to know who is asking me to come as I am because not everybody is worthy to know who I am. Not everybody's trustworthy to know who I am. So who is it that is calling you to come as you are? We're going to go to Psalms. Because if there's a man in the Bible who knows what it's like to come as you are in any and every state, 
an emotion of human realm. It's David. Psalm 32, 8 through 10. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. Do not be like the horse or like the mule, which have no understanding, which must be harnessed with bit and bridle, else they will not come near you. I went, ooh. I understand these promises, Lord. But how appropriate that you use the horse and the bridle. Because it's very much like us wanting to go our own way, yet we need the Lord to guide us. And he says he's willing. He will instruct you. You're, and that, you know, that's a, that's a fear, right? I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to read. I don't know what to whatever. Rule, rule, rule. The promise is I will teach you, instruct you, and guide you with my eye. With my eye. That's the promise. Not just, hey, I'm going to send an angel and he'll take you by the hand and you can walk down the yellow brick road. I will guide you with my eye. So the Lord will watch me as he says, come. Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, verse 1 and 2. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth be removed and the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling. That's the one who calls you. That's the one who tells you. The one that shakes mountains, that floods the earth, that parts the seas, brings food from heaven, heals the blind, heals the leper, heals the crippled. Do I need to go on? That's the one that calls you. That's the one that calls you. Psalm 68. Nineteen and twenty. Blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits. The God of our salvation. Our God is the God of salvation. And to God the Lord belong. Escapes from death. I don't know about you. But I've had many brushes with death, both from the outside and from potential threats from myself. And I've been offered that escape. And the one who doesn't want to see death happen to me is the one that calls me. One hundred three, Psalm one hundred three, eleven through fourteen. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As the Father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers. He remembers that we were dust. I don't know how high the heavens are. So to me, I'll take that measure in mercy. I'll take that measure in grace. And as far as the east is from the west, 
So far he has removed our transgressions. I will take that. I will take that because that's the one. He doesn't care. Come as you are and I will separate it from you. You don't know how to take those burdens off? Come as you are. I will separate them from you. You don't know how to get rid of that guilt? Come as you are. I will separate it from you. That fear, that anxiety, that hunger, that thirst, come as you are. I will separate it from you. Matthew eleven twenty eight again. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your burden, for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He wants to give you rest. He wants to take your burden from you. That's who's asking you to come as you are. Luke 15. fifteen seven through 10. I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. (coughs) Or what woman having 10 silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it. And when she has found it, she calls her friends and neighbors together saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I lost. Likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. That's who's calling you. The one who rejoices and has joy over you. That he, you don't think the angels aren't joyful? Like, the Lord will need to be joyful for the angels to be joyful. So if the angels are rejoicing, know for a fact that God is rejoicing over that repentance over that coming home. That's the one who is asking you to come as you are. He wants to rejoice over you and me. He rejoices over the burdens that we've let go, that we've been delivered from. That's who's calling me. Romans 12, verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That's who's calling you. The one who has the good, acceptable, and perfect will for us. And so as I kind of wrapped up all my, my Bible hunting and flipping through, the Lord brought to memory and to mind the, the cross and the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. But he brought it to mind in comparison to the garden. And that how God was betrayed by man. God was betrayed by man. But in everything, there was disobedience that led to Christ being on the cross. 
He took all the shame. He took all the fear. And he took all the blame. All so that I could hear the Lord God Almighty say, Tyler, come as you are. Because these things I can do for you, just come as you are. And so family, I say this. Those burdens that you're carrying, and I'm sure there's some that you don't know that you're carrying. Hear it. Come as you are. Come as you are. Come as you are. Because it's a good reminder because there are those, the sins and the faults and the struggles that we have daily. He doesn't care. He says, come as you are. And so as the angels rejoice, I rejoice that I don't have to do anything else but come as I am, be accepted by, for who I am, and have the things that I have struggled with stripped away in His presence. Lord, I thank You for Your Word. I thank You for Your presence. Lord, and your truth is always around us. Your truth always leads us and your eye guides us. And I thank you, thank you, thank you that there are no requirements anymore after the sacrifice of Christ that I can just come as I am with all my faults and flaws and I can repent and be refreshed again. All glory is yours. All glory to Jesus. Holy is your name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.